0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Dia Berger from Canada, and she is with the Med Spa Method Academy. We're going to find out all about that, and I love hearing entrepreneur stories such as hers. She's going to talk to us all about entrepreneurship, personal growth, um, and give her the platform to inspire the audience. So, Dia, welcome.
1: Christopher, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I know... um, we connected and through Podmatch, and tell people your backstory, how you got started, and we'll dive right into the conversation. You got
1: it. Um, I was actually born in Namibia, the country just north of Republic of South Africa, and very rural. My dad was a GP surgeon, serving in an area about the size of Belgium. So he flew and was known as the flying doctor. And I wanted to be this man my whole life. So when I was eight, I kind of made him show me an autopsy he was the district surgeon so he looked after autopsies as well and that was the day i decided this is going to be my life and i emulated the man i got my pilot's license went into med school and kind of towards the end of med school in south africa things became politically pretty unstable so you know bombings shootings so we decided to emigrate new zealand first and then canada and Canada's been good to us, but I, I couldn't quite get back into the surgical aspect. So, you know, contacted a friend at some point who got into the medical aesthetics a year prior. And I said to him, how do we do this? And then I took to it like a bird to flight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's very fascinating story. And I know that, um, you know, a lot of um, physician entrepreneurs have got into the med spa space and kind of talk about what it is. About the small space, what drew to you? What are the advantages, disadvantages? What to look out for? Um, yeah. All of that.
1: You got it. Good question, and it's a complicated one. Um, of course, the money I find is what draws everyone, but it's not that simple. Um, there has to be a lot of things put in place because it is medical, and we are doing semi-invasive things with injections. You know, you have to get your training and things in order and. By definition, a med spa needs a physician and I'm not anti-nurses or nurse injectors. I've actually certified quite a few, but you need that physician, you know, to give it the credibility and the safety ultimately for clients. So it's an amazing area. I have found it so fulfilling that it's almost not a job. You know, I I say to my Mm -hmm. husband, if people knew what a kick I got out of it, they probably would know that they didn't really have to pay me for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I know, um, you know, for example, there's Botox, there's fillers, I know there's peels, there's uh, so many different ways. And um, I know a lot of people are interested in it. Um, so the other question is, um, you tell us, um, you know, what is a med spa? So what are the different types of spas and their history? Um, kind of talk about that. Good question, thank you.
1: Um, so literally what I've started doing is I've created an academy because there's a gap. I found out that there's a gap in the market. You have med schools that teach doctors and nurses, and they teach us medical. There's really nothing cosmetic. You know, there's nothing about lasers or Botox or Fuller or microneedling. And then you get aesthetic schools, training aestheticians, but nothing medical. So I ended up in a situation where I was the medical director for 50 spas across Canada and that number has changed. Overall, I've had the privilege of looking into the guts of probably 100, 120 med spas, and it's usually very proprietary. So, you know, being a mentor has allowed me to see inside them, and you can see what works and what doesn't. And in the end, you know, you can sleek it down to a system that is very, very effective, and it doesn't have to be Super complicated. I think it just needs to be safe for clients. And we don't want comebacks and we don't want negative reviews and things like that. It's it's what, right? It's what what kills you. And it's completely preventable by making sure you've got your team trained and your staff trained. But just because someone's a physician doesn't mean they know how to do this. And neither does an aesthetician. So, you know, to get into a bit more detail with your question the traditional spa looks like a pyramid, you know, heavy at the bottom with aesthetics and very light at the top with injections. And I have found that the successful ones medically flip it around, they make a diamond, you know, so they really focus on injections and lasers and things like that and kind of forget about the aesthetic part at the bottom. And the true answer is somewhere in the middle. And that is where you hit the balance between the money, the satisfaction, but not burning out your injector, but also not getting stuck in the the nitty gritty and the high energy, low return of the traditional aesthetics.
0: Yeah. Then the 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 follow up question is um, kind of um, so it sounds like especially um, in the U.S. Uh, you know dif- different uh, rules and regulation and um, kind of talk, talk a little bit about quality and licensing, I know kind of general because it's very specific and you know s- speak to that. Yes,
1: Christopher, good question. The and it, it's very different from country to country and state to state. Um, to answer you about the US first, it depends on the state, but the majority of them insist, for example, on it that a physician as a 51% owner literally what they're trying to do with that is they're forcing the physician to plug in and to commit and be responsible for quality control and protocols and whatever happens inside the spa. And I completely understand why, because in the end, it is about safety for a client, right? Yes, we want, people might want the money, but rule number one is do no harm. Um, When you get to Europe, Europe kind of follows some countries are more like the US, some are like Canada. In Canada, uh, the medical director has to be a doctor, and then you can have nurses or nurse practic- practitioners as injectors. Where it gets tricky is if you think of filler, which is uluronic acid in gel form, the gel, if injected in the wrong place, for example, into a vein, acts as an, an embolism. Right. So you can really harm the patient. So there are, for example, no go zones when you inject. And to me, it is a case of I've seen so many comebacks and have had to clean up so much after other injectors. My goal is as multifold. Number one is safety for clients, seriously, because you don't want someone going in to look pretty, but she ends up with skin necrosis or, you know, yeah. tissue damage. And The other side is this is not an industry with a cap. There's so much money out there for this. We don't have to have a dog eat dog situation where it's, you know, I'm going to take everyone else out or the spas being so highly competitive. To me, it would be way better if everyone just did it well, right? It it'll make them more lucrative. And in the end we win and the customer wins, which is Mm
0: -hmm. ideal. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And, you know, it's it's always terrible when um somebody goes in for an elective and then comes out with a disaster. You know, we see this in surgery. And, you know, if you don't, like I said, anything that's, you know, you don't want to do harm and just like, especially something that's not necessary, just kind of cosmetic or elective or... Correct. Yeah.
1: And, you know, if I can tell you a quick story there. So many years ago, I was... On the sideline involved in situation, in the town that I lived, um, a spa, a regular spa did a pedicure on a diabetic, and this is not a bad spa at all, um, but not being medical, right? They don't have an intake form. So nobody knew she was diabetic, and this lady was in her mid-40s, got mm-hmm. the pedicure, and they did the blading on her foot. Now, you and I immediately have goosebumps when they say that to a diabetic, because their immune system can't f- fight an infection. So they yeah. cut her, a tiny nick, got infected. Huh. She ended up in, in hospital, in ICU, but they couldn't get the infection under control. And she ended up with a below knee amputation. That is terrible, but it does happen. So even though it is a minor thing, it can have catastrophic results, which is where I feel that someone like my calling, call it that, is to help prevent those kinds of things, right? That just get, again, they're the esthetician training a little bit more medical
0: that Um, we don't get people in trouble. Yeah, like I said, uh, life limb function is what would, you know, preserve life, preserve limb, and then preserve Mm. function. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so kind of talk about this uh, idea of um, some of the biggest challenges for med spa owners.
1: Challenges for med spa owners.
0: That's a long list.
1: I'm going to tell you burnout is probably number one. Uh If you do a good job, you are running as a full on business owner, which is a big job, which means you have to, you know, stay up on your marketing, keep it fresh, keep it interesting, keep people coming back. And then you're also running as a medical director. That is, you know, if it is a physician, if it's not a physician, those two people need to work really closely. In uh-huh. conjunction with each other. And I call it a plugged-in medical director. You know, a physician just showing up at a spa two days a week and leaving isn't good enough. But the challenges are huge. Um, I mean, I take it for myself. I've done this for about 20 years, and there was a period of time where you're 20 pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. Can't remember when last you slept. You know, you're trying to get your family organized, your I was working in a clinic and I'm a pretty creative person and I'm good with my hands, but to make it run really, really well is a massive job. And I, I find that spa owners are, they're lonely. They feel like they're in a vacuum. You know, there's, they don't know who to ask for help. And I, I, my conclusion after having done this for many years is so many of them, they don't even know what it looks like. And I call it the Faberge egg, right? Mm-hmm. I feel I've, I've reached a point And with all that experience where I can show them, this is your goal. This is actually what we want. Now, let mm-hmm. me show you how to get there because so many of them are flailing in the middle. You know, you, you try and learn Botox injections. So you go to a course, but you don't know if the course is good, bad or indifferent. Right. And then you go to the next one and it's, in another state or another country. So you have to educate yourself and your injector and hope that what you go to or learn is actually worthwhile. And it isn't always, right? And that's kind of what I've been trying to do is just to get after 20 years, the good information, the effective, the true information in one place and go, okay, here's the answer. Now
0: let's go do a good job. Yeah, yeah, so well said. You know, we kind of talked about, um, you know, med spas, you know, for the audience out there, if they want to hear more about specific systems or traditional med spa methods, um, suboptimal, but we want to transition into kind of uh, overcoming adversity and turning it into triumph, you know, these entrepreneurial stories. So kind of talk about, you know, your journey and especially, you know, from, you know, different, especially, you know, coming Trying to get, you know, license and credentialed in different jurisdiction is complete mess. Sometimes you have to start over. And um, so kind of talk about um, overcoming adversity, turning it into triumph. Okay.
1: Um, Well, in South Africa, we're trained as GP surgeons, you know, so it's the North American MD, but then you've got a base surgical degree as well, because in over there, we've got 10,000 patients per doctor. We're in North America, it's 1,000 to 1. So mm-hmm. we're used to doing anesthesia and you know basic surgery, which I love. And then you come to Canada, and if you go to really remote areas um, with a South African degree in the late 90s, they would let you do those, but not in big cities. So mm-hmm. I actually tried to specialize in Canada. I did a couple of rounds, but at that point, foreign grads were not allowed to participate in level 1. So they had the Canadian grads, you know, have first choice and what would be left over would be family medicine. And I'm like, got that, (laughs) you know, or oncology. And I'm like, it's so not my mental makeup. I won't be a good oncologist. So, you know, I got into the injection cannula work, that kind of thing, because it is, it allows me to do some procedures, but I don't have to go to the rural areas or whatever, to be the surgical part. And it, in the beginning, it was quite a fight in the sense that I didn't know enough. You know, it's one of those, you don't even know what you don't know, which means I take guidance from the business mentor and he was fantastic. And I injected really, really well. But after years, I realized that the model in Canada, for example, in the East and the West is quite mm-hmm. different the East of Canada are super focused on aesthetics. They do manicures, pedicures, facials, they tack on lasers, they tack on injections kind of as an afterthought, which was the model that was given to me. It's literally like you need to do this percentage product, this percentage traditional, this percentage injection. And off the bat, I injected too much, but the message to me that's in italics. The message to me from the the people in charge were your staff is weak, right? You need to train your staff better because they're not selling product enough. They're not doing enough services, which means I buttoned down and really trained them. But in the meantime, I'm also training, you know, I'm going to more seminars and things and I'm getting better and better and better. So my staff's doing better, but I'm doing better as well. And instead of a diamond, my numbers form this mushroom, right? That's top heavy. And then I get told by the East again, you know, go better, do better. Your sales are not good. Right. So I became really, really good at teaching staff and about three years into it, they actually analyzed 50 spas in this group across Canada. And he phoned me up and he said, I have to put this in perspective. And he said, you're not just artificially injecting a high number. You're really injecting a high number. And at that point, I was injecting double per capita, what my colleagues were. And that was from four spas in Vancouver, four in Calgary, six in Toronto, all across the country. So I I do have a knack for it. And I think part of it is love for it as well. But I literally went from fighting the this diamond or the, sorry, this um, pyramid shape and giving up on it and making the diamond, which I found since, you know, a few of my colleagues do as well, but then the, medic, or the um, business advisor said, I need for you to go to the other spas and whatever you're doing in yours, duplicate it, right? Which is how I got into that training situation, but I was still injecting in my own. So I would fly to different places in Canada, look at what they're doing, you know, make a game plan, discuss it with the manager, we'd start putting things in place. And then I would go back because I have to keep my own going. And they would fly their injectors to me and their senior staff to me because I didn't want to be licensed in every province, which means we would do the hands-on procedures and things at my place. And I'd, I'd certify the injectors and their senior staff, and they'd go back. So there were a few years where I said to my husband it's it's like years just disappeared. I don't know where they went. It's it seems like I lived for Friday night which was movie night and wine gums, right? But I think it's taken me 5 years to make up on sleep and it is hard 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 work but because I love it and and I'm a bit of a bloody minded personality I will push until it's done. But it it's been hard. I don't regret it for a second in there. I think I was a good mama. I literally, there were days where most days I would start early. I would make sure I pick up kids from school because that's when they tell you all the magic stuff, right? What happened in their day? We would do dinner and then I'd go back to inject and my husband would put the kids to bed. You know, so I had this chopped up life and the hardest thing for me was going from full on injecting, selling to jump on the trampoline in my fancy clothes, right? And then go back to the spa again. But, you know, in the end, you have massive experience, which I wouldn't exchange for anything. But I did get to a point where we had the discussion in our house and I said to my husband, work is easy and vacation is hard. And that's where I knew I needed to throttle back, right? You're getting addicted oh, to the, the adrenaline rush and you can't relax anymore.
0: Yeah interesting there's so much to uh, cover um and uh we may have you back for you know follow-up guests um how can people contact you follow you reach out to you check out your work etc
1: to contact me directly easiest is email i've got um it's simple it's million dollars spa at gmail.com no dots or anything strange in there and i do offer a free consult you know for spa owners just talk to them and see if i can help And I can send people a few free videos if, you know, if that's something that fits in with your, with your plan and your method. And I am on LinkedIn. Um, That's probably the easiest ways to find me.
0: Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank um, for Dia for coming on. Interesting conversation about med spas, adversity. Um, All of our resources will be in the links and show notes. And thanks so much for coming on to the podcast.
1: Christopher, thank you for having me. It was a blast. You're a lovely host. Thank you.
0: Thank you.